pushing buttons the geek freak show where we talk a lot of video games and this time of the year we're talking games of the year last time we did 2019 game of the year today 2020 game of the year my name is kevin and i'm kyle and we have a list from robert for this year for last year <laughs> the current year that we're doing 2020 we actually got seven which i'll do the top five but the two will be the honorable mentions at the end so if you listen to the 2019 uh game of the year list it'll be very similar to that we'll do our top five um then we'll talk about some honorable mentions we don't want to do the honorable mentions first in case we spoil anything that's going to come later in somebody's list so we'll talk about honorable mentions after the top five and then we'll deliberate to decide what pushing buttons will call 2020 game of the year and man what a shit year with some good games <laughs> not very many good games but there were some good games to be had what a year uh, yeah lots of ups and downs in this year i'll tell you that yeah it gave me a new appreciation for some games for sure it did it really did all right well let us start off we'll go opposite how we did last time last time i started off and then you went let's start with robert and then you and then i'll go all right so Robert's I actually have five. Robert's number five. It's actually numbered this time. Nice. Uh, he went with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh, starting five. off with Ubisoft right at with the beginning. Ubisoft. Yep. You have ah! to do it again. <laughs> I can actually talk quite a bit about that game. I did play it. Um, I did miss out on it, but I've heard good things. It's probably the best Assassin's Creed game since Black Flag. And I'm gonna, I said probably, I'm going to say it's definitely the best Assassin's Creed game since Black Flag. Mm. It is very fun. It, oh, I hate talking good about Ubisoft, but man, they, they kind of did well <laughs> on this game. The combat was very fun. The, the characters were great. It added a, a bit of supernatural stuff in with the, the, the regular historical stuff. It's a very good Assassin's Creed game. It's a very good open world game. There's a lot to do. It doesn't feel super overwhelming. Uh, the exploration feels nice. The it's just, Everything about it just feels good. Like It's kind of like New World in the sense where you can kind of go anywhere and do anything. Mm -hmm. It's a little more on rails than New World is, but... Uh, it's more open and more free than a lot of open world games. Very good choice for a number five. Yeah, for me, uh, funny story with Valhalla, actually. I bought a new AMD Ryzen 9 processor, and it came with a free copy. But I didn't redeem it in time, so I didn't get it. <laughs> oh, man. It expired right before it came out. Oh, and that's... I'm like, oh, no, I totally forgot because of, you know, work stuff. That's the best way to get a Ubisoft game is to not have to pay for it because yeah, I yeah. don't want to give that company my money. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hear you. That, that's, that sucks. But um, yeah, so Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla was a decent pick for number five. I didn't put it on my list because it's a Ubisoft game and hashtag fuck Ubisoft. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. All right. What have you got for number five? All right, number five. This is a game that during the pandemic showed me I actually have friends. 
and you played this a lot along with several of our Discord buddies. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Golf With Your Friends. Nice. Good choice. Very good choice. I was really happy that during this time we got to join Frank's Discord on Geek Freaks and reacquaint ourselves with him and his group of pals. And during this time when we were all first getting together, uh, this was the big game we all played. We streamed a lot of it too. Streamed a lot of it as well, yes. And, you know, I'm not really much of a sports gamer, but I could do putt-putt golf. (laughs) It's also, I'm not very much of a competitive gamer at all. Yes. And I I can also do putt-putt golf. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what is there to say? There's, I mean, it's a very basic mini golf game, but there's some interesting level design, put it that way. And there's a map editor. There is a create a map and, uh, lots of other game modes that we never played like hockey. Yeah. Cause they don't matter so much. It's all about basketball, but yeah, the golf is the only thing you need to know. The best thing about the game is literally the title of it it's sitting down and just playing golf with your friends it's it's simple (laughs) you don't have to pay attention to the game you can talk about the latest marvel movie you can talk about uh the the last aew dynamite on tnt every wednesday night (laughs) if you're kevin yeah yes (laughs) uh you could just bs with your friends about anything while in the background you've got a game that you're kind of actively playing I mean, for us, this was the game that kind of brought us all together, and I have to give it credit. You know, it's not my number one, because of course it's not as, you know, polished or anything like these top other games, but just for the fact that during the pandemic, it brought us together and kept us sane for the most part. Like, it was nice to have that. It was a good break from real life. Yeah, I'd say if it's anything higher than number three on your list, wink, wink, then you're probably rating it a little too high. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it's a very good game though we'll talk about it here in a little bit again i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure all right my number five is cook serve delicious three. Oh, so my history with the cook serve delicious franchise it's such a fun game it's just a frantic button mashing game uh it's not a simulator by any stretch of the imagination the first one you did kind of have to run the restaurant and you upgraded it. So there was some simulator aspects to it. Uh, Cook Serve Delicious 3 is definitely way different. It's post-apocalyptic. You're in a food truck. Uh, you got robots that come and try to shoot your food truck because they're running another food truck. A rival Holy food crap. Truck. Um, the menu's different. <laughs> it's like the Saints Row 3 of the franchise. It, yeah, it, it totally Saints Row, <laughs> but in a great way. Uh, the menu's different every day based on uh, where you're going. There's each level has its own a specific type of menu that you got to select. And uh, man, playing the game when you're hungry is a bad idea because the artwork in the game is pretty darn good. It makes you very <laughs> hungry and it makes you familiar with uh, uh, foods from around the world. Stuff that I've never heard of before is in the game. And I don't mm. have a whole lot of playtime in it, but it is it's not something that you should play and take lightly as a just a casual game it's definitely a fast-paced game that you have to be paying attention to it's very fun to stream because listening to how my brain works while i'm playing that game i, I talk out loud so i'm like oh i gotta see gotta flip the bread i gotta flip the bread put the butter on the bread gotta cook it for a little bit okay it's off i gotta put the cheese on that and that's just for a gr- grilled cheese sandwich you know so it's it's so fun it's so fast it's so frantic i'm all about those f words fun fast fr- and frantic uh usually it's uh what was i saying about 
doesn't matter. Not here nor there. Uh, Serve <laughs> Delicious Three, fantastic game. It's it's very fun, worth the money, and yeah, very fun. It's a blast. Very nice. All right, let's go with Robert's number four. All right, this is lower than I thought it would be, but it kind of makes sense because it's kind of low on mine too. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two is Robert's number four. Nice. And I totally understand where he's coming from. Uh, for me, this is actually my number four as well. And the good reason for that is mainly because as a follow-up to Last of Us 1, it did not meet my expectations. And there's a lot of reasons why. I'm sure if Robert was here, he would give me that as well. Um, for me, it was mainly the story. I felt like, I mean, granted, I don't want to spoil anything, but at this point, I think everybody knows. Uh, Joel dies at the very beginning of the game. And that was such a huge huge disappointment to me because I was really looking forward to playing as him again. I felt like he had way more to offer in the narrative and in the franchise as a whole. You know, instead of being served as a vengeance device for this new character, Abby, which I can't stand. Um, just a lot of problems with it. Uh, gameplay was fantastic though, like, nothing wrong there. And of course, the environmental storytelling and overall level design I thought was really well done. I just wish the narrative was just different. Like I could have been so much better in my opinion than serving as a way of trying to give representation to minorities and, you know, political correctness. I felt like was a big part of this and I felt like it wasn't needed. I I'm sure I could do more detailed description. I'm sure Robert can as well. But for me, I just wanted a more straightforward, linear story than what we got, which was all over the place. It was very much like event-based and different time periods. It was really, I didn't think it really flowed very well. It felt very displaced. Like it kept jumping back between characters and time periods. And, you know, I just felt like Last of Us 1 did it a lot better, personally. So... Was Abby supposed to be the main protagonist? I've never played the game, and I don't intend to. Was Abby the main protagonist of the game? It sure felt like it. I mean, when you we play that- as Ellie as well. Okay. Do you I play mean, as Abby, then? You play as both, yes. Okay. I, I, I didn't so, mean to say antagonist when I said protagonist. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I think what they were trying to do was make you play as Abby to understand her point of view better. Okay. But for me... I I was just so pissed off that Joel died. Like, I could not care about Abby as much as they wanted me to. And I felt like that was them, you know, trying to strong arm me into saying, hey, you should really like this character. Like, look at what she's done. Look at what she can do for other characters. And I'm like, I just don't like her as much as I did Joel. And so, for me, that was the biggest disappointment of the game. For me, Joel in The Last of Us was like, a piece of shit like he is not a good human being right yes and i think that him dying even early on in the game while it's not as cathartic because he doesn't get his redemption arc which i think is probably what you were expecting that was it yes that's what i wanted from this game and it didn't happen i don't think he necessarily needed one though because he doesn't not everybody's deserving of redemption Uh, especially when you're talking in a narrative form like a video game or a movie or a TV show. Um, I, 
I don't know. I have a hard time not defending Abby just because of the the visceral reaction that Laura Bailey got from the fan base. And I know you you're not part of that. That that no, got, I'm not. Yeah, no. and I I wouldn't mean to imply that, but holy shit, that got so overboard and it was. way out of bounds. Like, don't get me wrong. It, it's a great game. Like, I love playing it. I love playing through it. I just wish, looking back on it, you know, since it's a year, more than a year now, I really wanted to see Joel's full redemption and what he could offer for the future of the franchise, which they they did. Like, don't get me wrong. They, there was a bit of a redemption arc for Joel in this game. You see that. But I wanted to play as that. I wanted to see that and experience that redemption personally as... I played as him in the first game. Yeah. It, and instead it was just snatched away from me and it was really frustrating playing that game. I think it would have made it easier if Ellie was the, the main character in the first one and not Joel. Because you, I can see that yeah. you expect to not maybe play as Joel. Cause there's this is part of the first game where you play as Ellie as well. Right. Um, you expected to be able to play as both characters in this game, just like the first one. And with the emphasis being on Joel's redemption, and I get that, and they, it seems like they may have done it just for shock value. And even then, like playing as Ellie in this game is, it makes you feel way worse about her character than in the first game, because she is way more violent in this, and oh, like really? unforget. Oh yeah, like she is like a complete one eighty from her character in the first game. Well, I mean, she she she's, saw some shit as a kid and then has grown up in that world since then. So well, it she's makes also, sense. I mean, she's pissed off that she killed Abby killed Joel. So that's why she's on this hell bent revenge quest as well. And I think that's what the story was trying to portray was like the toll of vengeance on a person. What that does to other people. But I that's just not didn't, necessarily what you expected or wanted. As a player. Yeah, I think I just wanted a more I mean it's kind of hard to describe like I feel like what we got was so forced like it it just felt really forced it didn't feel like a natural way of continuing the story and I felt like there are other themes we could have explored as Joel but we couldn't because it was taken away from us and I think that's what stings the most gotcha yeah that that makes a lot of sense um I kind of want to watch a playthrough of it I still have no intention to play the game but I kind of want to watch a playthrough of it just so I know what people are talking about when you say things like that. Because it, it does seem like that they were headed in a direction where, you know, Joel would get the redemption. <clears throat> Especially being the the main protagonist in the first game. You would kind of expect a redemption arc for the protagonist in the second game. One that you get to play through. That's what I mean, because at the end of the first game, Joel commits the worst thing possible. He saves Ellie and prevents mankind from getting a cure. And I wanted to see the ramifications of that in the second game, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like shit. <laughs> Who knows? They may plan on a different game that takes place in the middle of it that shows more of what you were talking about they showed in The Last of Us 2, but you weren't able to play. And yeah, you never know. It's. You never know. <laughs> I think I just, as a Last of Us fan, I, I, I wanted to see more between Joel and Ellie. And that conversation that was hinted at at the end of the first game, like, Joel, did you do this? Like, why did you save me? And he lied to her about it. He said, no, there was no cure. And we never really got that closure. And I think that's what stings the most. Like, that hurts the most as a 
person who really enjoyed it. That was probably the most pushing buttons conversation we've had on this show in a while. <laughs> in a while, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's my number four as well. Nice. Are you ready for my number four? Yes. I feel bad about this because I know it's going to be on your list. My number four is the only AAA game on my entire list, and it is Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, okay. Uh, that's actually Robert's number three. Okay. Spoilers. Well, I guess I can talk about his number three while I'm talking about my number four. My number three is different. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, you played this game too, though, right? No, I did not, actually. I missed it. Oh, I thought it was going to be on your list. Okay. No, no. I missed it. Well, Ghost of Tsushima was... It was a fun open world game. And ugh, God, I didn't play a whole lot of it, but it was so immersive while I was playing it. Like you, you can feel the living, breathing nature of this world. It's so graphically immersive. The sound is very alive. Uh, the little creatures, the the wind effects that kind of guide you. Cause you don't really have much of a UI telling you where to go. If you push a button, the wind will blow toward the direction you're supposed to go to show like a little trail in the sky of or in front of you in the air to guide you along the way. The sword play was very, very fun. Uh, hmm. Different f sword play styles for different uh, enemies that you're coming across. It's a very third-person action game with some Assassin's Creed elements to it. You could go in stealthily. There was a cool system where you could uh, uh, challenge people. The first thing when you get into a, like a fortress that you're trying to take down, you could challenge a guy one-on-one -on -one and try to keep doing that over and over again until you whittled it down to where there's only a few guys left that you have to take out. Because if you're taking everybody on head on, it's not like Assassin's Creed where you can just easily take out 70 guys. No problem. It's mm -hmm. it's it's more difficult than that. There's a lot of nuance to it that you learn along the way and the the progression through the game with uh, leveling up your skills and exploring the world. It's just it's a lot of fun. And I'm I'm sad that you missed out on it, Kyle, because I, I know. You yeah, like the game. but it is coming. It is out on PS5 again. So nice. Yeah. I may pick that up as part of my PS5 purchase. Nice. Yes. That would Looking be my number four and Robert's number. Three. Indeed. Go for it. My number three. Okay. Uh, this was a bit of a quickie, but to follow up from last year or 2019's game of the year list, uh, I'm going to go with Resident Evil Remake 3. Nice. It was kind of a quick one. Uh, I would say it's not as good as Remake 2 was when it first came out. But I still enjoyed it pretty well. I thought it was a not the most faithful adaptation or remake, I should say. Um, of course, there's a lot of controversy around it because it was not as polished as the second remake. But I still liked it a lot to play through it twice, and I had a good time with it. I do plan on revisiting it in the future. I think the best part about it was the new redesigns on Jill and Carlos, the main characters. Like I didn't like the Jill design when I first saw it, but as, while playing it, I really liked it a lot. Like I felt like they did a really good job with it. And same with Carlos as well. He's more of a character in this game than he was in the original Resident Evil 3. And uh, the nemesis himself, like he was pretty intimidating playing through the game and trying to avoid him. And when he would sneak up on you and blow through a wall or something like it was really fun to 
engage with him and try and get away from him as well. And the boss fights were really good as well. I thought it was a much better boss fight than the remake two boss fight. And uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. It was a good game. So I'll ask you a uh, very similar question to what I asked you about Resident Evil in the last list is how would you rank this amongst the rest of the Resident Evil franchise, both originals and remakes? I probably put this in the lower half of a top 10, okay. like maybe number six or so. Yeah, okay. that's not not bad. There's, I mean, how many Resident Evil games have there been at this point? Too many. The remakes. <laughs> Too many. In the main series, there's now eight. And Resident Evil 8 is actually one of my Game of the Year uh, 2021 games. Um, but yeah, there's eight main games. There's like shit ton of spinoffs. Like, I can't even count them all on one hand. <laughs> two, let alone two hands. And yeah, there's just too many. Movies, TV shows, all that stuff. So ranking it about number six is high praise, you'd say? I don't have much of a frame of like, reference. Six, seven, eight, I would say. Like, uh... Let's see, what did I say last time? Resident Evil 1 Remake was first, then Remake 2 or 7 for 2 and 3. Number 4 would be Resident Evil 4. Number <laughs> okay. 5, I would say, would be Resident Evil 8. And then this would be number 6, 7, around there. Cool. I might like I to... said, there's a lot, so... <laughs> I might need to play them sometime, but I... I don't know. I've had a couple people try to talk me into playing Resident Evil games, the Silent Hill games, and the genre doesn't appeal to me, but yeah. Understandable, yeah. But it's it was fun. I had a good time with it. I, you know, for 2020, I didn't play much, so this is all I could really scrounge up. Yeah. Well, my number three, we've already talked about it. It's Golf With Your Friends. Um, there it is. It's definitely higher than number five on my list because of the fact that I played so much more of it than almost any other game in 2020 and for the same reasons that kyle had it on his list too it's it's definitely a game that got me in with geek freaks honestly like the, mm -hmm. frank was already we were already friends with frank because he listened to our show we listened to his show and now our show is on his show um but that <laughs> happened because of golf with your friends and because of us spending time uh with his group that he's cultivated over on discord you guys should all join the discord server by the yes. way it's fantastic link in the description below um yeah we're on discord with them all the time it's a really fun community and golf with your friends is like the epitome of a fun community game uh, you can play with people you know you can play with people you don't know there's no skill skill floor no skill ceiling it's just open fun to legitimately hang out and play with your friends the perfect game for social distance uh, family or friend game night. Perfect. Perfect fun. Perfect fun. That should be the back of the box uh, if there was a physical edition. <laughs> in the back of the box. Kevin from Pushing Buttons. Perfect fun. Perfect fun. There yeah. it is. All right. Good. Number two for Robert. He actually chose Spider-Man Miles Morales. Okay. For PlayStation 5. I was wondering if this was going to be his number one. Um, you'll be surprised as me when you see number one. Okay. Because I've never heard of it before, and I doubt you have too. Cool. I'm excited for it. Um, I, I'll just tell you right now, Spider-Man Miles Morales is on my honorable mentions as the one game on my honorable mentions list I did not play. Hmm. Okay. I have a feeling it would probably be my number two 
it would have bumped Cooks or Delicious off the list, and everything from Golf with Your Friends on would have been pushed back one. It would have been number two on my list because I loved the PS4 Spider-Man game so much. <laughs> and this is just a, a shorter, small continuation of sorts of the game. But you're playing as Miles Morales as Spider-Man as opposed to Peter Parker. Um, and I'm guessing it's supposed to lead straight into the next Spider-Man movie. Or, sorry, Spider-Man video game, <laughs> not movie. Yes, which just got announced, which yeah. is exciting. Very yeah. exciting. I want a PS5, damn it. That's the reason I, I haven't played this game is because I don't have a <laughs> PS5. I know. Yeah, I want to get PS5 for Horizon and God of War, man. That oh, PlayStation showcase was so good last month. Dude, Ragnarok looks so good. Amazing, dude. The follow-up yeah, to does. our 2018 game of the year. <laughs> you know, Spider-Man was very nearly our game of the year. It was, yeah. It was if right I had played there. it, it probably would have been game of the year. Yeah. It was very funny, too. A little backstory from our 2018 game of the year. The top three were Red Dead Redemption 2, Spider-Man, and God of War. And out of the three of us, two of us had played each of those. But there was, all, there was one of us that didn't play each game. I didn't play Red Dead. Kyle didn't play Spider-Man. And I think, no, we all played God of War. So that's why we, it was, that's why it was number one. We all played God of War, yes. That's why it was number one. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, the other two that yeah, someone didn't play. So, <sighs> or no. Robert hadn't played God of War at that time. He waited. That's right. That's, yeah. Yep, there so, it is. That's right. Yeah. He waited for a while, but we had it so high on our list that it bumped it to the overall number one. That's right. <laughs> and now Robert, you know, loves the game too. So I, I, he knew he Good was choice. going to as well. So yeah. <laughs> perfect. All right. What's your number two, Kyle? Oh, man. I had a hard time with this, but I think I made the right call. Uh, number two for me is going to be Ghost Runner. Nice. Yeah. Ghost Runner was everything I wanted Cyberpunk 2077 to be. <laughs> A puzzle running game? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say like I was really hyped for Cyberpunk and I could not wait to play it. And Ghost Runner came out in October. So it was a couple months before. And I couldn't wait to play a Cyberpunk game. So I picked this up. And wow, what a game. Um, it basically scratched the itch that Celeste gave me in 2018. Like uh, the platforming, the music especially was really memorable. The level design was fantastic. I loved the gameplay too. Like just being able to hold shift and you can like kind of swerve and bullet time around an enemy and then slash him with a dash forward. It was so cool. Um, really fun game. It was short, not really long, maybe like a 10 hour game, but definitely replayable, man. It was just such a good time. I would describe ghost runner as mirrors edge meets super meat boy meets super hot. I would say that's accurate. Yeah. Um, I, fuck. I'll, I'll give away my second out of my three honorable mentions, super hot mind control delete is on my honorable mentions from this from 2020. I didn't play it until 2021, but fuck it. I'm making the rules as I go. It's a 2020 <laughs> game. It's on my 2020 list. Um, Super Hot is such a fun game. And uh, Ghost Runner took what Super Hot did and put it in a Mirror's Edge style parkour game with a Super Meat Boy style. You mess up, you immediately get reset style. So you're just constantly going, constantly that trying. That helped it a lot. Yeah, being able to just instantly retry once dying, it's like sped up the gameplay so much and 
there were some things that weren't perfect about it. Like there were these uh, moments in the game where you go into like the virtual world. The I tutorials like that, were bad. Yeah, the tutorials weren't that great. Um, I just remember them taking up a lot of time and not really being necessary. And some of the boss fights were kind of eh. Like it wasn't great, but I understand why they were in the game. They served their purpose. But just each level going through the game and just, you know, sliding and jumping and dashing and slashing, like, man, it felt so good. And there's a Ghost Runner 2 on its way. There is. I can't wait. It's going to be a good sequel, I think. Nice. Uh, Speaking of sequels, I'm going to talk about my number two. My number two is Spelunky 2. Yes. I, I cannot believe that this game wasn't good enough for me to put it number one. Because I thought it would be in my top five games of all time. Uh, Spelunky is in my top five games of all time. It's probably mm-hmm. number three. So the fact that Spelunky 2 is probably barely in the top ten, if at all in the top ten, says something about it. The weird thing is, is that it, Spelunky 2 took everything that the first game did and made it better. And I still don't like it as much as I did the original game. So explain that more. Like, why is that the case? I think it's because Spelunky 2 was so original at the time. Uh, sorry, the, the, uh, Spelunky was so original at the time. Uh, Spelunky 2 didn't seem like it had that same originality to it. So I didn't feel like I had a whole lot more to discover. I and see. With Spelunky, okay. it was all about finding the secrets and uh, discovering alternate paths through the game to get you to the final ultimate uh, level, which is going through hell and killing King Yama. There are a ton, a ton, ton, ton of secrets in Spelunky 2. I'm not saying that there isn't, but that desire to discover them didn't come out in the same way for me that it did in the first Spelunky game. Uh, That makes sense. It is a hard game. They're both very hard roguelike platforming games. Um, I love the art style, especially Spelunky 2. Like they they dialed in the, the cartoony look, I think, a lot more than even Spelunky that's now referred to as Spelunky HD. Because there was an original pixelated Spelunky that was made on GameMaker years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Spelunky 2, I was looking forward to it for so long. I always said that Spelunky did not need a sequel because it was the perfect game. It got a sequel, and it, was, it lived up to the hype, but it was a sequel to a perfect game. It w- w- still wasn't necessary. So I, if I'm going to go back and play a Spelunky game, I'd, I'd probably rather play the original because I have better memories with it than I do this one. <laughs> I know, like even uh, Spadrunky and all that stuff. Like <laughs> that, Those are always really fun sessions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my first... Uh, <laughs> my uh, Some of my first Let's Play attempts were Spelunky videos. And when I first started streaming, it was Spelunky and the Binding of Isaac. So it Spelunky holds a place in my heart, like a very fond place in my heart. and. Spelunky 2, it served its purpose as a sequel, just not as memorable to me. Makes sense, yeah. I think uh, with the first one, it was such an astounding game at the time. Like, it's really hard to make that even better. Yeah. I mean... To where it feels like a new game again. If everybody likes Avengers Infinity War, and then there's another game that's... Or another movie that's just like Avengers Infinity War... It's not going to feel like just because it's the exact same thing, it's not going to be received as well. Okay, I guess a better example would be uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. It was essentially Star Wars A New Hope all over again. Yeah, it was a good movie, 
but it didn't hit the note that it needed to to live up. You know, like it needed to do something better. Splunky yeah. Two did stuff better, but it wasn't different. It was more of the same, but better. So it's hard to fault them because they already had the perfect formula. How are you going to iterate on the perfect formula to make it better? You just add more of the same formula and you'd think that that would be the the answer. And for a lot of people, it was, that's what a lot of people wanted and more power to them for enjoying it more than I did. But it was only number two for me for my game of the year, 2020. (laughs) So I obviously didn't enjoy it that much. No, I, I still enjoyed it a lot, which is why it's so high on my list from last year. No, that's perfectly reasonable. I think uh, it's hard to iterate again for a game that's so highly received. And you see that time and time again. Like, there's many examples you could list. But, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, it's too soon. <laughs> Another Ubisoft reference? Okay, uh, we'll go there. <laughs> all right. However, um, let's get into the number ones. Let's do mine first because Roberts is interesting and I want to save that for later. So oh, okay. we're talking about sequels, we're talking about iterations and making things better, but I think for this it makes sense. Uh, my number one is Animal Crossing New Horizons, and before you go, why? <laughs> There's lots of reasons why. So my history with Animal Crossing, it starts with the GameCube version. That's pretty much the first one in North America, and it was such a great game. Like, Really, there's nothing else really like it aside from Harvest Moon which is another franchise on the Nintendo systems. But what Animal Crossing does well is it really uh, encapsulates the build your own village, talk to people, you know, invest in it, and make it your own. Like, I think that's key. And with this New Horizons, I think they just doubled down on that, and they made it so accessible that it just kicked off like crazy when it came out especially during the pandemic i think that's something to keep in mind for this year even though it's not really related to video games it did have an impact on the industry like so many others and with animal crossing we're just really in the beginning of lockdown like this was such (laughs) it's it's like going on a vacation like it really felt like that at the time like it just was so bright and colorful and cheerful and everything in real life was the opposite of that (laughs) at least for me anyway so playing this game when it came out i just hooked in like for a solid three four months i played it every day and it just really improved on everything in the franchise that i've been wanting since the gamecube version um with other sequels like Wild World and New Leaf, like they weren't really as good as that GameCube version for me because it wasn't on a home console. It was mainly on like handhelds. Um, City Folk was on the Wii, but it wasn't really that great in my opinion. But this just made everything about the franchise like feel like a whole new innovation. Like it really felt like that after. Gosh, I think it's like 20, at least 20 years, maybe 15 years since the original GameCube version. But yeah, fantastic game. Uh, It really expanded on it. And I know it's missing features on release, but that's being improved with the DLC in November. That's coming out really soon. And just a great game overall. Still being supported by Nintendo. That's great to see. And yeah, that's my game of the year, 2020. 
that was one of my uh, honorable mentions. I actually wrote a reason for it being on my list at all. It was fun for two weeks, and it was great for lockdown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that game got so boring to me, and I could see why for so many others it wasn't, mm-hmm. but for somebody who lacks attention span, like like I do, it was it didn't get it didn't offer enough for me to keep coming back to it like a game like Spelunky 2 would or a game like my number one my game of the year does um there's always something even cook serve delicious my number five game i just felt like there was always more for me to accomplish whereas in animal crossing new horizons it just felt more of the same each time i logged in well true i mean for me it's the repetitiveness that's what really drives me away from after a while because you do the same thing every day but there's only so much of that you can take and for me there's a bit of a personal element as well my wife and i got married a month before it came out and we really connected by playing this game together on our each on our own switches and that was a great way to connect and have fun with the game in another level and yeah that's why it's so personal to me yeah it is that's my number one and it's the perfect game for for lockdown for people that were stuck at home. Yes. Uh, it yeah, it really was the game that kept a lot of people getting up, <laughs> like made people get up in the morning sometimes <laughs> when they had nowhere else to go. That's a uh, good point. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I get why it was such a, a beloved game, especially for last year. Not on my top five, but I, I wanted to talk about it as well. And it's a it's definitely worthy of your top one I for your game of the year. I get it. Um, I want to hear what Roberts was. You've you've piqued my interest. I I need oh, to know. Oh boy! All right. So, you know the PlayStation Five. I'm I'm familiar. Now this is a game on PS Five. However, it's a freeware game. Robert, what are you doing? It's called Astro's Playroom. Oh, that game's sick, dude. You've heard of it? Yeah, I've watched people play it on Twitch. That game is awesome. It was a like oh, a tech wow. demo. It was basically a tech demo for the PlayStation 5's features, but it hit so well. Like it was. This is it, all new to me. Uh, please elaborate. Yeah, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but it's definitely worth playing if you've got a PS5. Um, it was basically just explaining everything. It, it jumps you into an action platformer game where you're collecting coins, going through mazes, and doing a bunch of just normal 3D platformery shit, um, while trying to show off the features of the PlayStation 5, uh, specifically with a controller in mind, uh, the new oh, features okay. that the DualSense hmm. controller has. Um, yeah, I don't really know much more about it beyond that. It, it's, it looks very responsive. Like, if you compare it side-by-side side to like Super Mario Odyssey, it looks even more fluid than Mario. I'm actually watching a trailer for it. That does sound accurate. Yeah, it's it's a very. There's a word that I'm trying to. It's just so smooth and very responsive. It looks that way by the looks. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's game of the. In fact, I know for most people, it's not game of the year worthy. Makes me wonder if you read his list backward or not. No, there's no way. How, how would Spider-Man not be number two for Robert? Yeah. And I, Ghost of Tsushima, number three. Yeah, well, no matter if you read it forward or backward. It's actually number two. Okay. Well, I, to each their own. Maybe he connected with his 
kid more playing it because that he's could be. got he's got a young kid at home and maybe she enjoyed playing it a lot and he enjoyed watching her play it or maybe she enjoyed watching him play it and the I same see. way that you and your wife played Animal Crossing together. Yeah, yeah, we bonded over them. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna talk about the real game of the year, not just my game of the year, but 2020's best game that came out, and that is, of course, Hades. Oh shit, that's a good point. I missed out on that. Yep. Yeah, that is the game of 2020. Um, Frank's even playing it. It's his first roguelike, my dude. Like, <laughs> like I do need got- to play Hades. It's so good. It's super giant at its best. It is. It's it's a roguelike game, but it doesn't even need to be a roguelike to be as good as it is. It's got the fast, responsive um, fluidity of Bastion without the repetitive nature of it always feeling the same. So it's got different weapons in each run. You can start off with a different weapon. Every weapon has upgrades to have different uh, abilities with it. The characters are so well developed. Like every playthrough, you talk to the character again, you get more of their backstory, and it fills oh, up okay. your uh, your your journal or whatever with more hmm. of their backstory. And you can keep unlocking new things from them, which gives you trinkets, which helps you out in your run, and you can level those up. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the archetypical roguelike in where you level up in the overworld to try to help your your next run. It's. I, it's just so perfect for a 2D action game. It is the perfect 2D action game. The enemies, you can tell exactly how they're going to react just by looking at them. Uh, the sound effects in the game just engulf you in the, in the mood that it, the game is trying to set. Uh, each of the, the different settings, each of the different zones are so uniquely identifiable that they're just... They're so different, but they're so similar in how they play. It's just everything. It's super giant, man. They are the game developer, like the game developer. It's so good. I cannot <laughs> believe you haven't played it because I know you I would know. love this game. I do need to play it. It's definitely on my to do list for sure. Yeah, it's it's such a good game. Uh, I'd be kicking myself if it wasn't my number one. And I'm kicking myself for not playing it any more than I have because I've only played it for like a good. 24 hours that's all it I've, yeah i oh, haven't wow. played it since october of 2020 <laughs> so um i think we need to play it again <laughs> well yeah um i played it a lot in early access and it was in early access for over a year so or for about a year so i had that's played right. it quite a bit before it came out uh yeah it's definitely a game that i need to go back and actually beat <laughs> yeah for me i haven't played anything by Supergiant since Transistor, which I loved. Oh, that was such a good game, too. And uh, I haven't played Pyre. I almost bought it last night. But uh, yeah, I do need to get around to Hades. I've heard only good things about it. Really looking forward to trying it out. It's so good. It is so good. There's n- I have no negative things to say about it, which is very, very rare for me. Yeah, I'm sure if I had actually played it thoroughly, it'd be at least top two in my games of the year list. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. And speaking of that, um, I think because of that, I think we should name Hades our game of the year 2020. Okay, I'm I'm good with that. Because I had Sekiro with the 2019, so I think you should get this one with well, Hades. <laughs> I, I would give 
Hades an A plus simply because I had nothing negative to say about it, so I have no way of taking any remarks or I, taking any marks off. So mm-hmm. I I definitely give it an A plus. Very it's nice. One of my only A plus games ever. And plus, I would give Animal Crossing a solid A. So there you go. Nice. Cool. Uh, did you have any uh, last minute honorable mentions you wanted to blast through? Uh, quite a few actually. So. Along with golf with your friends, you and I endeavored on playing Minecraft for the first time. Yes. With Frank and crew as well. With Frank, yes. And if I could put that on my 2020 list, I would have. But I can't because it came out in 2011. Therefore, it's on the honorable mentions. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we pretty much no life that game, it felt like, for a solid month. For a solid month. Yeah. And... Man, that was a journey, like going through and learning the game. And Frank was our mentor and he was dressed as R2-D2. And it just felt full <laughs> circle when we killed the Ender Dragon together. Yeah. That was incredible. I, I still would probably put that in my top 10 gaming experiences of all time. My wife is still playing it. That says a lot. And yeah. plus, uh, my wife, she plays Animal Crossing way more than me. So just on that topic. My wife's playing that yeah. too. but minecraft for sure definitely an honorable mention 2020 any others um also played through borderlands 3 with my younger brother i should have probably mentioned this in the 2019 episode but we did it in 2020 so uh yeah got through all that um let's see other ones uh fall guys and i wasn't really into it i played helltaker that was really fun I it was like a really small indie game on Steam and it was free to download, but uh, just a really short puzzle platform. It doesn't even take an hour to beat, but it was really well polished and I thought it was a great game. I would talk about Among Us, but I don't think that's really. I was gonna. That proper. was the one that I was gonna. Bring you go up. ahead. You go I ahead. was gonna say that Among Us was 2018's best game of 2020 because <laughs> it Indeed. came out in 2018 but nobody played it until yeah. it started catching on on Twitch and YouTube and then everybody played it like it blew up faster than Fall Guys did like it was insane how big mm-hmm. that game got insane and of course uh, if I had played it I probably would have put Cyberpunk on my list if it wasn't so bad but I uh, never did know, play it so there you go I'll talk about it for a minute it was fine it was a fine game. It was a video game that you play through and you beat it. And then you went, oh, I played a video game and now I beat it. Yeah, it was nothing special. It was not a CD Projekt Red game. You know, it didn't live up to the, the unbelievable heights that they reached with the Witcher franchise. I don't think they'll ever hit a game like that again because the expectations are so, so high. It was immensely high for me. like how Death Stranding was for 2019 for me. I was anticipating this game all year. Like, I built a new PC for it. And, of course, it came out, and we know the rest. But, man, that game was... That was quite a story throughout the year. We did a whole episode of Pushing Buttons Classic back in the day on hype and how overhype kills games (laughs) or how how overhyping (laughs) can kill games. I think a lot of what we were talking about was specifically about Cyberpunk 2077 was, while we yeah. were waiting for it to come out. Like two years before it came out. It's funny how that came about. Yeah. <laughs> um, other honorable mentions. 
or better yet, games I wanted to play but didn't get to play. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I heard great things about that. I actually own a PS4 copy, but I never played it. Just didn't have time. Uh, Half-Life Alex. I think if I had played that, that'd be on my top five list, but I never was able to get a VR headset. Um, Doom Eternal. I have it, just never played it. But I love the first one. And Demon Souls, the remake for PlayStation 5. That's probably going to be one of my first buys for PlayStation 5 alongside uh, Spider-Man and uh, Ghost of Tsushima. And I'll probably play that first, Demon's Souls remake. Nice. How about nice. you? Um, we talked about all three of the ones that I had on there. Uh, oh. Super Hot Mind Control Delete, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and Spider-Man Miles Morales. Those were the three honorable mentions I wanted to bring up outside of Among Us. Uh, yeah, 2020 was a year that happened on the calendar. <laughs> there were think... some good games that came out. <sighs> Aside from getting married in 2020, I think the only other memory that will be significant is sharing Minecraft with you and golf with your friends with Frank and crew. Of, of a positive memory, yeah. A positive yeah. memory, yes. Plenty of negative ones from that year. Um, I also got married in 2020, and the whole Minecraft thing. I, we actually did play Among Us once or twice, which what happened? That it, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, any year that a game like Hades comes out is not a loss in my book. Hades was such a great game, and anybody that is even that has avoided it because it's a roguelike just throw that to the side and just play the game for the action rpg that it is it's a very good action rpg and super giant is like i said they are the game developer so all their games are i, I still need to play pyre i'm Everything saying this they do is excellent it's it, just bar none excellent they they leave nothing to to nothing undone they they everything is just so super polished and phenomenal just phenomenal so we got 2018 god of war 2019 sekiro shadows died twice and 2020 hades hades Hades. and 2021 will be interesting i'm looking forward to that discussion too yeah so i don't know exactly how that one's gonna go but i know that's gonna be a geek freaks wide thing that's not gonna be specific to pushing buttons so that'll be a very fun (laughs) thing to talk about (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it because there have been some good games this year. There have been some not good games this year, but a lot of games regardless came out this year and I'm excited to talk about it. But yeah, uh, all of you listening, let us know what you thought of 2020 in gaming specifically, please. <laughs> what you thought your game of the year is and what you think of our game of the year being Hades. Let us know. Uh, make sure to click that subscribe button. Leave a review. Five stars on Apple podcast apple podcast is that what it is i think that's what it is and uh yeah all of our social links down below in the description and we i'm not sure when we're when we're gonna be back this might this may be the season finale of pushing buttons for a while oh i thought we would do a 2021 on pushing buttons no uh, we're doing that with full on with geek freaks gotcha okay yeah i i think is how that's going we'll see how it goes yes We'll see you when we see you. And until then, love you. Adios.